So you were able to process $6 million of job volume in your current state. What if you could process $10 million of job volume because a lot of stuff was being done for you? And instead of you know spending all these hours literally moving data between apps, you were talking to people on the phone and making sure that you know the automated email that they got made sense and asking if there was any follow-up information. So it's like you're actually trying to increase the percentage of time that a given employee of you yours is talking to customers while diminishing or getting rid of the busy work. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Out of the Hourglass. We have an awesome conversation ahead on the podcast this week. We have a returning guest. Chris Kiefer is here. Chris is the founder of Boolean, an online review software and automation consulting firm. He joined us last year to talk about the importance of online reviews and brand reputation. And we asked him to come back this time to talk about automation and technology and the tools that exist. There is an incoming AI technology wave that is impacting the entire business sector. And we, and Chris, want to make sure that you have the tools at your fingertips to be prepared. If we don't, we do all risk falling vastly behind the competition. We hit on the automation of our workflow, the no-code tools that we need. And I guarantee you, if you're not utilizing AI in your day-to-day right now, personally, or professionally, that's going to change after this conversation. It's a great episode. We hit a lot of content in the next hour plus. Chris is passionate about this topic. So let's get into it. All right, excited to welcome back Chris Kiefer to the podcast. Chris, welcome. How are we doing today? I am fantastic. I was super, I've been looking forward to chatting ever since we set this up a month ago or so, but I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. Family's good heading into the holiday season. I was actually reminiscing. We talked almost like two years ago, not quite to the day, but almost exactly last time. Time and flies. So much has happened. We have another kid now. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. So much has happened. And when we last talked to you, you were, um, obviously we talked about um, Boolean. You are the founder of Boolean. And we talked a lot about the importance of online reviews and the, the software that Boolean offers. Um, you were also the marketing director of Webfoot Painting, one of the clients that we work with here at NOLA Consulting Group. And so a lot has changed on that side as well, as you are now fully into your own you know, personal venture with Boolean and not only doing the online review platform, but also focusing on automation consulting. Big yes. things are happening. Oh, yeah. No, I absolutely loved, loved, loved my time at Webfoot. Gavin and Travis and the team there are amazing. Are. Um, and it's been, it just was like, I, I look back on things. I'm like, man, God has had his hand in every relationship and thing that has happened. And I'm grateful for what I learned while I was there, the opportunities, they scaled and were growing a lot at the time, which was just an exciting environment to be in. But um, since as long as I can remember, I've, I mean, I got an engineering degree in school and I am a nerd through and through, just like I, I did marketing there, obviously, right. but I was like a data, data, data marketer. And like, I was obsessed with software and all that stuff. And so the opportunity, this like the realization of the need for someone that specializes in automation and integration of apps, specifically in the painting world, wasn't like 
five years ago, I never would have said this is even an, a reasonable business to be in because it sounds totally. so niche, but it's like the, the depth of like how far you can go into automation for painting is, and it's like automation is like kind of the simplest way to describe it, but really it's cleaning up businesses data and then integrating things together, bringing reporting to the forefront and just trying to, I would say, use computers in a more uh, intelligent way to make more informed business decisions and whatnot. So it's, it's a lot of like little things, yeah. but yes, the easiest way to describe it is I automate things. I, I take tasks that your people and you don't want to do anymore or shouldn't be doing and allow you, I, we say at Boolean, our mission is to free you up to do what you love. And that's the owner of the business, the person like your employees, nobody loves copying and pasting. So no, why are we having no. people do that? You know, like right. nobody does. There's other things like people like solving interesting problems. They like interfacing and talking to customers. And so let's free them up to do more of that, which is going to make them happier and which makes your you happier and your business is going to thrive. And, and so that's what we do. I love it. I love it. I know you've, you've been working with several um, summit members already and, and changing the way that they, that they do their workflow, which is great. So the reason why, you know, we decided to, to have this conversation today is so much is changing in the world of technology and how, it, yeah, how businesses need to need to change their ways in order to stay ahead or really to stay in the game. Um, so the, the purpose of this, of this conversation is to really talk about how automation can change um, the way that businesses operate, uh, the technology that you're seeing, especially with AI coming into the picture, and uh, just the work that you've been doing, and just some of your, you know, things that you've noticed um, along the way. Yeah, I would say the simple, like for anybody listening, you may, depending on where you're at, like let's let's meet you where you are. You either yeah. you may love technology, you may be like super frustrated that there's another application that's been developed or whatever. Prior to coming on, I was looking up some statistics of like how it has AI affected development, app development, and just the speed at which companies are able to develop, but also the speed at which new apps are coming on the market. And uh, just like for context, there is a massive technology wave that is, I think, very analogous to what happened in the 2000 era with the internet. The only thing is that the time frame is is now compressed and stuff is going to change even faster because the more AI is brought into things, the faster things go. And it just, you know, it's a flywheel. So I would encourage, I mean, my like message to all businesses, but obviously in the painting world in particular, like you have to have conversations in your management team about how is our data clean and are, 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 how are we leveraging different applications and software tools to be a more efficient company? Because I strongly believe that if you don't have clean data and you don't have your apps talking to each other, you're signing up for a brutal you know, next three to five years of existence, if you survive. And I don't want to be like a, you know, a downer, but I'm like, <laughs> when you start looking at what is being developed, I'm just yeah. like, oh my gosh, like this is AI is allow and, and AI and software in combination is allowing businesses to get better marketing ROI because they're, they're able to iterate more quickly. They're able to do a lot more with less in particular with 
um, employees. So if you can scale your business and not have to hire more office staff to manage all of the projects, you're, that's more profitable. And then the third thing I would say is these apps that are being, and I forgot to say, I, this statistic is mind boggling. Just on the Apple App Store, this is in 2021, um, so presumably this is, I would say the same or even excel more accelerated now, but there were 1400 new apps every day on the app store, on the Apple That's app insane. store. That's insane. That's insane. 1400. And that was in 2021. So it's like people are now able to like the role of a developer has changed because yeah. they can use, there's a thing called on GitHub. It's a development platform. They have this thing called Copilot. And it's like, while you're writing, it's just like, it's like the autofill text that you have when you're texting on your phone for developers to write code 10 times faster than they were before. And just like this, the stuff that's changing is crazy. So my, my third point that I was going to say is the reason why you need to be having these discussions in your management team is because the ROI on marketing, doing more with less. And the third thing is all these new apps that are coming out, if you don't have your your data cleaned up and ready to like add on or like throw on this other tool that does a very specific thing, you're not going to be able to leverage that. And the businesses that do have clean data, it's going to be like rocket fuel times, you know, and that's the, the biggest thing I would say that has changed in the software world is that you're getting all these very, very niche softwares that do one thing really well, like paint yeah. scout company yeah. cam. Like these are $10 million or bigger companies that are growing rapidly because they solve one problem very, very, very well. And so that's, that's like my message to everybody is there is a massive up, like upheaval of just business processes. And if you think you have a lot of apps right now, there's more coming that are going to be very good at specific things. And so, you know, you have to, you have to be having discussion around that. Yeah, uh, that will lead to a follow-up question about the the idea of does can can one in the future can one platform do it all, um, which may not be the case, especially as there are these 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 software companies doing one thing really well. Um, but before we get the, your answer on that, um, can you just define what clean data is for our listeners? Yeah. Yeah. So clean data to me is there's a, it's just the easiest way for me to describe some critical things. One is a blueprint. So like, um, well, I'll come back to define that, but you need to have a plan on how data exists in your business. The other thing is you need to have a source of truth, which is a single database, uh, in your suite of apps that you're using that houses all data points pertaining to a given project. So, uh, and then the third thing is the databases that you do have, they need to be able to relate to one another, uh, which is this, there's a term called relational databases. And so you want to make sure that you aren't using, I'll try and use, cause I know a lot of people use smart sheets, yes. um, or Excel, the difference between a relational versus a non-relational database is if you have a project, like a job line in your smart sheets and you have a column that says crew leader in that crew leader column, most people will list the names as a dropdown field, right. To select yep. which crew leader that's for, uh, the problem that is not a relational database there. It's not relating to an employee database. It's literally uh, saying Steve or whatever is the, is the crew leader. It's just a data point 
a relational okay. database would allow you to say, I want to say that the crew leader is Steve, who is actually an object in another employee database. And that has like Steve's pay range, range and his date of birth and his social security number and all the other data that's associated with Steve. And then you can do when that's, and again, this is take that, but apply it to every other field that exists. If yeah. you wanted to look up like project efficiency with a crew leader, you could like look at all related jobs that this person was a crew leader on and how is that person doing? Or um, do you see what I'm saying? I don't know if that- Yeah, it's, that it's a, it creates almost like a web of data that each point, yes. each point- Goes deeper. Deeper, yeah. Yeah, and so the that's the third point is, so blueprint, source of truth with like one, it's called a flat data table. So you want one, think of like an Excel sheet that has like 500 columns, just uh, so many. And this is not, you don't, you would not have this to like have an employee look at 500 columns because that would be overwhelming. Yeah. But somewhere there needs to exist a single data set that has all of the variables pertaining to a project. And this, this would be things like obviously employees that worked on it, uh, the dollar amount, the expenses that were on that, um, the type of project that it was, the number of hours that crews worked on that project, um, all like individual receipts could be logged on this, but it's there's literally hundreds of data points that would exist for a given project. And when you have a data set like that, that's another example of you can feed this data set into something like chat GPT, for example, um, and chat, well, there's remind me to come back to chat GPT because that's okay. a whole nother beast in itself. But yeah. the flat data set is a critical piece of just having all of your information about a project in one area, because that allows you to use AI to just analyze it a hundred, a thousand times faster than humans could ever analyze the data and start pulling up interesting things for you to be talking about in your management team meeting. Um, so that's the, uh, the, so we talked about relational databases, source of truth, and then the blueprint. This That's the first thing I mentioned. And I would say, back to, I'm defining clean data. So clean data has these three things. And the blueprint is exactly like what it sounds like. It is a plan and a de de defining like all of the properties and data points that you need to run a project in your business mm -hmm. and deciding how are those variables and data mapped between different softwares that you have. So you have to under, it's just like best way to think about the a data blueprint is exactly analogous to building a house. Like nobody would ever build a house without a very detailed plan of the, what the end result is going to look like. And this is the same thing that in, in automation, if you just jump in and start connecting things and zap like Zapier is very popular. It's I love yeah. the tool and I recommend people to use it, but you need to have a plan in place before you just start automating stuff because what it's going with this house analogy, it's basically the same thing as you start building a house. You're like framing it. You put the drywall on you, you putting the trim on and then your electrician shows up and he's like, where am I supposed to put the wire? Like there's, I can't, you've already covered up all the walls. Yeah. And then the framers like, wait, aren't we doing a second story? And you're like, oh, yeah, we are. Well, we don't even have a foundation. And so, and then on top of that, you have people living in the house because your business is operating and you're working. And it's like, again, the analogy is just, that is literally as chaotic and, and crazy as that sounds. That's what it is when you're just starting to automate stuff. Mm 
yeah. without a de- like an intentional decision of why are we sending this here? What's the format of the data here? Is it a text field? Is it a date field? Is it a dropdown? Is it a multi-select and why? And, and what is that? How does that affect other things? Um, so that's, that's the clean data has a plan or a blueprint. It has a source of truth that allows all data points to be in one area. And then it is able to re- be related to other databases in the way that you want. It reminds me, it's almost analogous to on like a larger scale, also making sure you have like a company workflow like documented and that process in place. Yes. And like you can't even start doing any automation until you have a you have a documented workflow of how every how every job comes into your organization and how it leaves. And then yes. this is where you're now then peeling back and connecting those data points um, direct one one to one to each other. Exactly. And I using because I love analogies. I'll say what the another thing I always tell people is what you're describing right there, Molly, is the is a process map. And ideally think of a process map as like a train track and there's different train stations that it has to stop along the way to unload, you know, materials or put new car loads on or whatever it is. And every train track that you have in your business needs to be maintained. You can, you, you never have a train track that, you know, that you just set it and then you move on to your next train track and forget about that one. And it's the literally think about like the original train structure in the United States. You have like lots of paths on the like the front end of the train track and the other side. But if you're going to ship it across the country, you're going to use one train track. So, like so you're, the goal is you might have six ways or a dozen ways that projects can start in your business, but you need to consolidate and minimize the variability to get it down to a standard process that you can treat so like at a certain point every job gets treated the same way and that is maximum scalability so you have a single process that you take businesses or take from start to finish whereas some people are like oh well, we do our commercial jobs differently or we have you know interior jobs are handled by this person it's like that's fine you can all that is okay but what can you standardize because when you start standardizing things, that's when you can have automations that are doing the same task a thousand times a day and it doesn't take any time versus like, oh, you know, we have Susan does this and John does this. And it's just like the the lack of standardization is crippling to a business that's trying to scale. Yes. So often we hear of businesses who um, they grew too fast and they can't sustain and they begin to break or they they they, they grew they have nothing in their foundation um, like basically any weak link could crack the whole thing and yes. so this 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 process of standardization through automation um, is essential for for growth if that's what a company desires yes exactly and I like that you said that because not everybody has the plan to be you know a five ten or fifteen twenty million dollar company absolutely. You know? So yep. that's, you have to obviously, and that goes back to Stephen Covey said it, you know, start with the end in mind, which would be a prerequisite to even doing a data blueprint for your business. Like that's one of the first discussions is like, if someone wants to have a consultation with me or my team, it's like, absolutely. And the first thing I ask is like, all right, paint me a picture of the business three years from now. What are you guys trying to, what does it look like? You know, and yeah. it's directly like NCG has preached for years 
Like you have to have a vision for the company. So everybody else in the business knows where we're going and the blueprint needs to know where we're going to. Yes. They had to go hand in hand. Yeah. So, so many business owners, well, one, so many love the idea of automation and, and like that's, that's, that is the goal, even no matter really what size they get to being able to automate some parts of the workflow obviously is, is ideal. Um, and so many look for that one software, or one program that can do it all. We've really not seen one that's capable of that quite yet, which is why this automation of and connecting clean data through different programs has really taken off. Um, what is your perspective on one program that could do it all? Do you think one will arise in the future? Yeah, um, so there's actually already... Um... Why there's so much to say on this topic. I actually have, and I'm still in conversation with a painting company that is attempting to build their own software. And I have told, I told this painting company very directly, like I'll tell all the listeners, I wouldn't advise doing that. And the reason is because that like literally the number of niche softwares that have been developed to solve one particular thing went like in life, Everything in life is trade-offs. There's never, especially in this conversation, it's not a right or a wrong answer of like, is it the right thing to do to try and find an all-in-one or is it the wrong thing? It's just acknowledging there might be a software that maybe I don't even know about, but maybe in the next year, there's a software that's developed that's supposed to do everything that a painting company needs, which also is like, first of all, define what what is the scope when you say everything? Are you saying including QuickBooks, including estimating, including something like what company cam does, uh, including project management, customer communication, uh, running ads on Facebook, Google, like so the many number things. of things that you, it's just like, where, where, what are the yeah. boundaries of what you're trying to make all in one? Yeah. Because I would say, certainly you're not talking about doing everything that I just rattle off right there. And that's like a third of everything that needs to happen in a business then you've got inventory and ordering and expensing and all this stuff. And so my philosophy or view is, uh, first of all, it is not, it, it, it makes sense why business owners are seeking this, in my opinion, because I'll like, and I've, this is from dozens of discovery calls that I've had. This is, this topic has come up many times where people are like, we just have too many applications and you know we need to we need to simplify trim down there's just like way too much stuff there's all these different things we have to log into and i think the reason that people are feeling that way goes back to the clean data they don't the apps aren't talking to each other they don't have a structure or a plan on why they brought this new app in and how like every app that you bring in needs to be set up to map or either be modified to fit your blueprint or modify your blueprint to incorporate another data point that exists in your ecosphere of apps. But when you don't have that, uh, that's when, or again, if you had six apps and none of them talk to each other, the idea of going to 10 apps that don't talk to each other is exponentially painful and crazy. But if you have all of your stuff integrated, then it's like you almost don't even realize that you are using different applications because it's it's almost like you're building an all-in-one app that's custom to the way that you want it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first thing I would say. As far as the, is there, is it like, is, it, is an all-in-one solution ideal or does it make sense or should we try to find that or should someone make it? I I would, I use an analogy. I'm a big Tesla fan. And two years ago, 
on an earnings call, Elon Musk announced to all the stakeholders that they had developed their own software application to run all of Tesla, all of it. And it was like listening to, this is like a massive leg up on all other car manufacturers that are piecemealing it to, together. Yep. So the idea is like, and he went into explicit, like, this is why it's so beneficial. And we're going to save 20% or like a ridiculous amount for a billion dollar company. This is huge numbers we're talking about, but they could do things like we're opening up a new production line and there's like job postings that are already being posted online because everything from HR to inventory to ordering, sourcing, everything is mapped in one software. So it's like, that desire for what Elon's talking about is what we are wanting. But just a, just a spoiler alert, Tesla is a billion dollar company, right? You know, you're running a $5 million company. Oh, and Tesla is literally a software company and they employ software developers. So it's like, do you, as for the people that are thinking, like, I want to find this all in one solution again, it's, I'm not saying that you're wrong. It's just acknowledge that you're giving up the incredible usability of a great tool like paint scout, uh, incredible usability of company cam QuickBooks, which is another mega into it billion dollar company. It's like all of these things are so specialized and they are, they literally are, have teams of developers working on that one thing. And you think that you're going to hire a developer for 60 grand or a hundred grand and make an app that does what six, six companies that are all $10 million plus companies are doing. It's like, you could say, Oh, we have a chat feature now. It's like, is it chat? Like what Slack does? Or is it just like, I can send a text message. You know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) the the number of variables in the depth of a chat channel as an example or estimating or whatever. It's like, so my, the, it's probably obvious. My opinion is find the app, like any app that you are considering using, the filter that you have to look at all of these through is, does it integrate well with other apps? Does it play nice in the sandbox, right? Yep. If it doesn't, I would say, like, forget it. It's not even worth the promise of whatever that is. Because even if you decided today that you don't need any of the other apps that I mentioned, What I'm this is again back to the whole point of this conversation is AI is developing and encouraging people to develop micro apps that solve very niche problems at a rate that is unprecedented and ever before. And if you have a well integrated system, and again, it has to have a source of truth. If you have a spider web with project data that some of it's in this app and some of it's over here and some of it's down here. So when you're trying to pull a report, you have your managers like exporting from three different places and trying to sync it up in Google Sheets. That's not clean data. And that's not capable. You're going to have a much harder time, you know, just bolting on uh, AI powered tool because your stuff is all over the place. But if you, I think of it as like the hub and spoke system for like airports, yep. you have like your main, you know, hubs that are, is where you have most of your uh, data. And then any app is just like doing one specific thing and then writing back what it did to the main thing. And then your company cam goes and stores photos and then it updates the the main thing to let it know how many photos there are, what photos there are, whatever. So it's that thing, but any particular thing you're trying to solve, like customer support or um, 
I mean, the number of things that you could, you could have like not too far in the future, you could potentially find something that is like a client portal that your customers could log in on and find out which colors they used three years ago when you painted their house or, you know, things like that, that are, um, they might sound really hard to do right now, but these, these apps are getting created and that's, I'm just trying to come up with an absurd example. Like, I don't know what's coming. I can yeah. just tell you that people Can't are innovating into the future, very Chris. quickly. <laughs> yeah, they're they're innovating very quickly and they're going to solve very niche problems that could be applied not only to painting, but five other industries. And then they're going to scale that thing into all the industries that need that problem solved, you know? Well, to me, I mean, all, all of what you're saying makes sense. And it it continues, it goes back to kind of that 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 question of, you know, that company who's trying to do their own thing, trying to create their own, their own software, do what you do best. So yeah. if you are a fantastic landscaping company, you're a fantastic, you know, roofing organization, remember that that is your, that is your, that, that is your, your special power. That's, that's your superpower. Then find the tools that help you make it do better. You are, you are a roofing company. You are not a technology company. Yeah. And it, I would even say it's okay to decide we are going to become a software company and develop a software that does X, Y, and Z. Great. Make that decision. Maybe you spin off and it's now two. You have to run those companies very differently. Yeah. But yeah, the idea of like, I'm just going to hire some developers in Russia or in Asia and they're going to make this app for me is crazy. Oh, and that I, I need to say this also, that company that is developing their app. So they were quoted $90,000 to build out an app that did quote everything, which again, I said in the beginning, what do you mean everything? Yeah, that, yeah. That's not a, that's not a, uh, it's like with everything else, when you're making 90 day plans, like what does done look like? Let's define this. Right. Mm -hmm. So they didn't have a good definition. They were quoted 90,000. They've spent 60,000 so far and they are almost done with an estimating aspect or tool that and they it's not even being used yet they it don't it's not even live so they they're 60 grand into this thing supposedly they're very close to having the estimating app and i said to them in the beginning i was like have you guys looked at paint scout they had not they still have not to this day looked at paint scout and i was like okay i mean like i try i was like i am i genuinely like i don't even care if we do anything together i'm just telling you yeah like explore the apps that already exist like, do you know how many people work at Paint Scout and how many clients they have? And the like the iterations of making a great estimating software, like go talk. I talked to Bryce on my podcast, the CTO there. It's like they are thinking about painting, estimating in a way that you would never imagine because they are that's what they live and breathe every single day. And they're talking to hundreds of painting companies that are giving them feedback. And it's just like the insanity of, how, what makes you think that regardless of who you are, that you can in a silo in one company with two developers make an everything app, you know what I mean? And it's yeah, again, yeah. I would say if they had decided we are going to make a painting like management software or something, and they wanted to take a team and go start a company and get investors and build that that could be a fantastic decision. And I'm still yes. like, maybe someone wants to do that. Yeah, but that's just a different this was course. Just like a, this was just a side thing. They're like, they were yeah. currently operating in Microsoft Excel and they were like, we need to get something better. So they jumped from Excel to their own app. And I was like, I think honestly what happened was I met them 
about two months into when they already made the decision to move forward. And so I've stayed in contact and I chatted with them last week and that's when they gave me their, their 60 grand in and they don't want to stop now because they're like, they feel like they're so close. Yeah. And it's just the sunk cost fallacy that you're watching play out in real time. I'm like, Oh man. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you hope, you hope that it works out for the best for them, right? I mean, with that, with that investment and you certainly hope that they can find something that works really well for them. And you're right. And we, we have to shout out like the paint scouts, the busy, busy, the company cam, the groundworks. There's like so many niche companies that are really investing in their, in their specific, um, in their specific problem, the thing, their solution. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And they're, they're all wonderful to work with. So many of our, of our clients here at Don't Consultant Group work with them. And we would highly encourage you to, if it's, if you're not, if you're thinking about technology now, and I mean, Boolean reviews, like your, your review online platform, it's fantastic. We've heard great feedback on it. So find the things that are out there that are working really well to solve unique problems and pull them all together. Yeah. And just, just for an example of like the level of depth that one app can go in. So speaking of Boolean, we now have two developers dedicated to that one problem. And this is a very, very niche, small problem. It's Google reviews, right? Yeah. Or reviews on any platform. Right now, what is we are in the process of is that we can, the goal is, and we've we've tested this on a like a, a minor level and we're like, there is, it's definitely going to happen. But we want to be able to ingest photos from company cam into the Boolean software then feed in all of the people that worked on the project and then send a request to the customer to leave a review and use AI to draft a, a, a review from the customer that they can modify or edit as they see fit. That's filled with SEO keywords that are going to benefit the business and their search results, all the people that they worked with and AI is looking at the image and commenting on the project based on the image that it, was ingested into, if, if that makes sense. That's so insane. Like, this is like a random, ridiculous thing, but it's like when people are like, oh yeah, we we just ask people for reviews. That's like, we, we've already done that or we already have yeah. a software or like, oh, our, our app has like a review thing that they just tacked on. And what they mean is that they're sending out email requests to say, here's a link to our Google business page, which is better than nothing. Like, that's great. But it's just an example of like the depth that you can start thinking of like, there's so much more than just, did you get five stars? Right. Like there's just a lot more there. So then that's again, just a random example. And you could, anyone, a groundwork company cam paint scouts, like they are trying to solve things in a ridiculously niche way. And the only thing I would say, and I've, I've all those companies that you've mentioned with, we, I talk to them regularly mm-hmm. and I've told all of them just like continue to focus on your integration potential almost to the same level that you focus on the problem that you're solving, because people used to think that if we allowed people to tie into other softwares, then we're like missing out on revenue that we could be capturing there for that particular thing. And there was fear around that. And I, I think anyone that's forward thinking or looking into the future, it's the exact opposite. It's the, the integration potential and the ease at which your software can integrate and talk to others makes that software 10 times more valuable because you focus on your thing that you solve and let other people throw on their, you know, niche things that they want to solve and and it all works together. Wild. It's wild that like how next level things are becoming. Yeah. 
Talk to me about, I keep hearing the phrase in this, in this space, no, no code tools. Mm. What, what does that mean? Yeah. So no code as, so coding would be referring to development or like yep. literally like JavaScript, C++, there's Python, there's all these coding languages that people need to know, or historically you needed to know to create an application. It's the language that computers speak. And there's, you know, just as many computer languages as there are spoken, you know, human languages. Um, but there's some prominent ones. Those would be considered high code tools or or like in order to make an app in the past, you would have had to, it would be high code. You'd have to have a high understanding of code to, to develop something. Then there was low code tools, which the interface of a given tool was set up to just streamline the speed at which a developer could create something. And then no code tools are tools that are designed with the, you know, I would say the non-developer technical minded person in mind. So someone that's like, yeah, I, I'm a process minded person. I kind of understand, you know, like logic and steps and like, if this go that way, if that go this way, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so no code tools are are apps that were like open-ended apps that have a really nice user interface that allow people to build or automate web, like literal web apps without having to develop. So it's, uh, they're okay. fantastic. Like Zapier is an example, make.com, another great one, Airtable, monday.com. Um, there's, there's dozens and dozens. Those are the big ones that people know about, but they are tools that it's literally like people used to say it's like mimicking a web app, but it's starting to get to the point where they're so good that you're, you're essentially making a custom app, but you could train like your resource coordinator or your marketing person or your finance person, how to, you know, utilize these tools and just kind of, it's almost like a drag and drop. It's like using Canva, you know, Okay. Canva would be a no code app for a designer. So I don't have to know how to use Photoshop anymore. I can just feel like I'm a designer because I'm using Canva yes. and it's the exact same thing, but in the coding space. Okay. Got it. So some examples, Zapier, Canva, what else is out there? Um, so make.com is very similar to Zapier and those are making, um, uh, make and Zapier are the two most prominent automation tools. So when you're talking about implementing technology in your business, you need to have a interface tool. That's like, how is your, how is your team going to use the app? You need to have a database tool. And so some popular ones for databases would be like Airtable and monday.com. Okay. And then you also need to have a automation component and that would be Zapier or make. So the interface, the, the, the database tool, and then the, um, uh, the automation tool. So those, and there are no code tools or softwares in each one of those bins, but that's the simplest way to think about it is that you like Zapier doesn't, you can't run your business on Zapier. You would run your business in Airtable, and then you would automate things using yeah, Zapier. Zapier. Or make. Yeah. Okay. And, and like Monday and, uh, Airtable have like very simple automations built in where you can like streamline things And Smartsheets does too. It has, so like if anyone uses Smartsheets, remembers the automation component, it it's like that. Smartsheets is a little bit more, um, it's been around a very long time. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's like 
the more modern tools that are database tools just have, they integrate a little bit better than other softwares and they have more built-in automations. But again, the idea is that a non-developer on your team could get in and start doing things that 10 years ago would have cost you, you know, hundreds of dollars an hour for a developer to make. And you can pay, you know, the person in your office that is managing your smart sheets, you know, whatever you pay them to do yeah. the exact same thing. Got it. So you, you're a strong supporter of the no, the no code tools as part of the automation process. Yeah. And that's, so like at Boolean, we like, they are no code. So what I like, one of the things that we've done recently is we've actually created uh, the Boolean automation Academy. And so in the last, I've been doing this now for almost two or about a year and a half. Um, and we have, we've taken eight businesses with like done for you where my team would come in and, and automate stuff mm -hmm. and what we're shifting towards. Um, and we still like, depending on the business and the size, generally larger companies, they there's, you know, mistakes cost more and time is money. Yeah. So it, it still makes sense for larger companies to potentially work with a consultant to just do it all and then train their team on what we did, but smaller companies, um, that have, maybe there's more time in the winter for people to work on projects like this. We created an academy of basically like have someone in your company go learn how to do this. And so there's still like, I don't want to make it sound, it's not as easy as like writing a word document, mm -hmm. but it is like, again, and I'm seeing this in real time as we're working with companies through this automation academy, people that were not knowledgeable of Zapier and Make are becoming knowledgeable and we're helping, you know, speed up that learning curve because yeah. we're giving them templates and watching videos and step-by-step -step, like click here. This is, and, and giving them the understanding of why they're doing the things that they're doing. Okay. Another question kind of a little bit different, but I think when, when people listen to this and they, they hear automation and they think um, efficient workflows, there's a concern you lose the human touch mm. and the human, like the human component of the, of the jobs. And, Something you had said to me a couple of weeks ago when, when we were, were chatting um, about the Automation Academy is that the, the goal is to make things more efficient for the company, not to necessarily take away jobs. Mm, yeah. And so dive into that a little bit further, because I feel like that's a that's a point that needs clarifying. Yeah. And I would say, uh, well, there's two pieces there. Tell me which one to tackle first. The human touch to me is like, from the employee to the customer. And yes. then the fear of losing a job is a different topic. Or are you saying that those are related? Um, no, they, they could be two different, two different topics. So let's go, let's go human touch first, employee to the customer. Yeah. So what I would say to that is uh the goal of like back to the the mission of Boolean is we free you up to do what you love. Mm -hmm. I would say if you ask your employees which parts of their jobs they love they're probably not saying when I have to create a new job line in Smartsheets or when I have to input all of the customer information into this third application and or when I have to copy and paste this email template and send it out to 25 customers every week. Like those aren't the things that they love. It's the busy work. It's yeah, exactly. That yeah. is what we want to free people up from having to do so that you can have like for this is an example. When I was at Webfoot, we had and this was, you know, three years ago, four, almost four years ago, um, there you have, you know, like you're scaling and you're growing and you've got a resource coordinator and the resource coordinator, because of all the busy work that that person was doing, 
we had to hire a second resource coordinator because in addition to talking to customers, they had, they spent, pro I mean, literally, if you talk to, uh, this is one of my favorite lines that I've, I have, it was like, I felt like I was in the twilight zone when I heard it, but <laughs> one of the resource coordinators at Webfoot said, when I, we were explaining what the goal was with automation, what we were trying to put into place, <laughs> she said, but like, and this was genuine. She was like a hundred percent concerned that we were trying to fire her or something. She said to me, Chris, if you automate all of that stuff, like, what am I going to do? That's literally my entire job. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, thank you for proving my point that this is like, we don't need you to be doing this. But the fact that she was like, I'm so afraid that if you take away all of this, like creation, creation of new job lines, she didn't think there would be anything for her to do. When and of course like, there is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like, yeah. so it's a conversation around like, okay, so, and I don't remember the numbers I'm making these up, but it's like, so, you know, Susan, you were able to uh, process $6 million of job volume in, in your current state. What if you could process $10 million of job volume? because a lot of stuff was being done for you. And instead of, you know, spending all these hours, literally moving data between apps, you were talking to people on the phone and making sure that, you know, the automated email that they got made sense and asking if there was any follow-up information. So it's like, you're actually trying to increase the percentage of time that a given employee of you, yours is talking to customers while mint diminishing or getting rid of the, um, like the, the busy work that again, yeah. nobody should do. And, and I would say the other, the thing to like, just to show a crazy example I had. So I have my own podcast called the pursuit of purpose and I interview, I'm just, it's like my opportunity every week to learn and, and interview people that I hear about that I think are really interesting. I spoke with a guy not too long ago who is running a painting company. He has a, he has one other employee. So this is like, it's going to blow your mind. Okay. And this is probably the most like tech savvy or like the, the fact, the stuff that he had done on his own without any, like just looking at YouTube and learning just to, to show you, like when I'm talking about no code tools, this is an entrepreneur. He hired one project manager just recently, and then he operates it with like a sub, a sub model, right? So he's got lots of subs. Um, he's approaching, or I think he will do 1.5 million in revenue with himself and one project manager. Wow. And and he literally is using monday.com and a couple other tools for all. And it's like the number of things that he was showing me. And he was like, he asked for help on like, hey, can you help me figure out this thing? So I was like, yeah, you know, you should map this this different way or whatever. But he was doing two people, like the owner of the company, he's running his own estimates using Paint Scout. And then he has one project manager, they're going to do 1.5 million. And he's probably making more money than owners of painting companies doing five or 6 million with all this overhead. So that's like, yeah. when I talk about the ROI on marketing and uh, doing more with less, like that's, this is the, like, I'm talking to people that are doing a significant amount of work and they've automated the entire thing. And from the customer perspective, like his project manager is literally there to like, you know, talk to subs and talk to customers and make sure that they're all on the same page and they know what's happening. But all the data part is completely integrated and tied together. And I think that honestly, one of the reasons why he like, that might sound crazy to people that have been in business for 10 years, but he started his company two years ago. 
So it's like these tools were way more common and he came from a different background where he wasn't a developer. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember what his role was, but he came in from a different background and he's building this company just like, how do I be as lean and efficient as possible? And it's just, yeah, it's mind boggling. Two, two people, $1.5 million, who knows what his net is on that, but yeah. it's probably a lot healthier than, you know, these big, big companies that have a lot of people doing things that people don't need to do anymore. Wow. I mean, that just shows like the impact of being able to totally change how your mind thinks about how a company needs to run, right? Or what, yeah. or what, 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 just the, the, the technology out there. So there are so many companies that are um, maybe slow to embrace technology and that's the extreme in a sense. And you can see the, the impact of it, but wow, that's amazing. It's, so, yeah. When I talked to him, I was like, I don't even, I mean, so do I pay you for talking to you right now? Cause this is like <laughs> blowing my mind that like, yeah. this is what I've been preaching. And then to meet somebody that just on their like own, just, solved just this. Doing I was like, it. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. They're, those are people who are just, their, their minds are built different. Mm -hmm. And that, that's an engineering mind. I mean, very similar to yours. Yeah. Um, not, not all of us are built, like our minds just don't think that way. Um, kind of just going, going back to that. I love that you, you shared that reference of the individual, you know, at, at Webfoot at that time was concerned that they were taking, the automation was going to take their job away. And obviously having that conversation with them and, and being able to talk through like the, what the purpose of the automation was, was essential for her to feel comfortable that that wasn't going to be the case. So in the companies that you have been working with and have done this automation process, how, have you encouraged those conversations? Or if not, would you encourage those conversations if a management team is deciding to full bore, go through this process, really do a, a kind of pretty significant change to their workflow, uh, but need to make sure that their company is on, is like their, that their employees are on the same page, understanding the why behind it all. Yeah. And I would, so yes, I highly encourage that. And I would bring them into the conversation in the beginning, but the one, other, the one other thing I would clarify is that, so of all the people that I've had discovery calls with, there was one business in particular that said they, um, they were basically looking at automation to downsize their staff. That was the objective. Oh, wow. And so I was like, okay, like I'm, I, I, it is true that you can do more revenue with less employees, but logistically trying to implement technology and like, I don't know, it's like, how do you, you either are going to be dishonest or, or I don't, I don't, the implementation of that, of like, we're going to maintain the same size and just fire a couple of you when you were done with this. <laughs> that's like, yeah. that's like the message that they were trying to do. Yeah. And we ended up not like literally because the owner couldn't justify their like, they were asking me, tell me which uh, person we could fire. And I was like, I can't, like, I can't, it's not about like oh, the whole automation thing in general is like, when you are scaling and growing, you want to free your people up in the business to do what they love doing. And that could be like project management. It could be like blog writing. You like, yeah, you're going to have to reassign and figure out like what your staff likes to do. If someone is like, Hey, I actually wanted to move companies anyways. And I think I'm out of here. Maybe you don't have to replace that person, but I definitely, there's two things I would say first, yes, have those conversations with your employees. But I would also say just practically, it's very hard to get you. You need your team to implement this. Yeah. And if the message is, 
we're not growing. We're staying exactly the same revenue size. We're just going to get rid of a couple of you that aren't working very hard or whatever the mess, like, I don't know how, you know, yeah. being facetious as opposed to, Hey guys, we're at 4 million right now. As you know, our three-year vision is to be an $8 million company. We think automation is going to allow us to take away the parts of your jobs that you don't like. So you can do more of the stuff you do like, and we could potentially be doing 8 million in revenue, which by the way, probably means we're going to be able to pay all of our employees a little bit more yep. because you're processing more revenue. And so it's like that type of conversation is a much, that's how every other client that we have worked with, they've got growth in their sites. Yes. And so I would say, again, could you implement automation to eliminate staff? Yes. It's just going to be very hard. And it's going to probably, like, I would say, I wouldn't recommend it just because of the cultural impacts yeah. um, of what that can do for you. But that's also that goes to show you, like, the longer you wait to implement tech and automation, the more likely you're going to be bloated or have too much overhead. And now you're even in a stickier spot because like we just talked about, now you're like, okay, do we shrink or do we like, we have to let go of people, but you can't let go of people until you get automation, but you need help from the people to get the implement the automation implemented. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? It's just, it's yeah. a tough situation to be in, which is why that guy with the, the, I just keep going back to, he has a $1.5 million business. It's the business owner and one employee, like that guy has, has got it right. He said, I do not care about the vanity of revenue. I'm trying to maintain maximum profitability as I grow. And if I can't, he didn't share what his net profit is, but if I can't hit what I think is reasonable, then I'll just stay exactly where I'm at. Cause more, more employees is more headache and you know, all the stuff. So. Yes. So if a company is listening to this and they've not started the automation process, maybe they've got a couple apps in play. Um, where would be your recommendation to start? And some some might, with the idea in mind that some might not be ready for a full uh, flip to the other side, but are interested in, in the beginning steps of automating some of their processes. Where do you begin with this? Yeah, so a couple of things I would say, I'll give you like some resources to start. Mm -hmm. um, but one of like, I would say probably 10 years ago, um, for, I don't know how many of you have heard of Gary Vaynerchuk, but he's a very well-known entrepreneur. He's got, you know, several hundred million dollar companies, very successful in his whole, like one of the reasons he's so successful is because of how he's leveraging the internet and YouTube and just like content creation. So what we have shifted towards at Boolean is I know that I just am coming from a place of abundance that some of you are listening to this and you're going to be like, I just want to talk to Chris and see how he can help us. And I'm happy to sit down with anybody to do that. But other people, like you're saying, what I have my whole, I'm, I've hired a marketing, you set, we have three marketing employees now dedicated to content creation. And so we have a, an automation YouTube channel, which is probably, I want, I was hoping that like YouTube has like some award for the most niche YouTube channel that exists. <laughs> Yeah. But we're focusing literally on painting companies and automation processes. So okay. there's a, about, I think when the time, by the time this episode comes out, there'll probably be 30 episodes or 30 videos so far, cool. but we're producing about five videos a week on common things that I hear people ask about, like, how do you automatically create quotes and paint scout? How do you make company cam projects? How do you link company cam projects to your CRM system? You know, things like that. So we're, I'm, it's literally just like, I'll tell you exactly how I would do it. And I'm watch you watch me, you know, with a screen share, explain the, the objective and how to get there. 
So those are like little bite-sized things if you're trying to plug in something. Yep. Um, the other thing that we are launching in this podcast that I would say is a great time to do so is a Facebook group of just like um, I, sharing ideas on hacks and tips and tricks and softwares that are that people are researching and sharing ideas. Just like what I what we want Boolean to do is again living into that mission of freeing people up to do what they love. I know that if I can be tied and be associated with a group that frees up entrepreneurs and painting entrepreneurs in particular to scale their business more easily and effectively. Like that's, that is, that will be a great life for me. It'll be fun. I'll be with like-minded entrepreneurs that are growth minded and want to provide good lives for their employees. Um, And then the other thing would be, uh, we also have a newsletter of just like every week, you know, the, there's obviously a lot of content that we're publishing on YouTube but we're just trying to drip out little nuggets. So just practically, none of everything I just said is completely free. Um, And then there's the opportunity for those of you that want to go maybe accelerate or go a little bit faster. You could have a a consulting call with us. Um, But let's say you're like, Chris, I don't want to talk to you yet. I need to learn more about what you're doing. Practically to your points of like, where do we start? I would say start with uh, the data blueprint of your business. So um, and maybe before you even do that, it would be decide, like, just have the conversation on your management team. Like, who is the right person um, to kind of dive in and do more research here? And maybe they're the ones that are subscribing to these things or starting to have conversation with other companies that are doing stuff. Um, but you need to identify who that person is. And I would say, while the low code or sorry, no code tools don't require a developer, I will say that you probably need someone that is has like a tech background. Maybe they've been managing your smart sheets previously um, or they're a finance person generally kind of is already thinking in spreadsheets and they're maybe closer. Um, Integrator someone, type mentality. Yeah. Someone okay. like that would probably be your point person. Okay. And then I would say, you know, starting to do research on what are all of the data fields that we have in all the different apps. And so this is very like, for me, it's exciting work, but some of you might be like, that sounds like terrible, but someone has to go in and do this <laughs> yeah. of like, look at literally like export all the data from your different applications. And you start noticing like inconsistencies, like over here, we call it interior painting, but over here, it's just interiors and like things like that are over here. It's open text field and over here, it's a drop down. So there's just opportunity for things to break because or if you were to implement, implement automation, it would break because of the inconsistencies there. So that's what I would say is um, the next step or like the the way to go about it. Obviously you could dabble with Zapier. Um, if you've never, like, if you've never done that, I would say you should try because there's lots to, to be had there, but um, yeah, that's, I don't know if that's helpful. That's what I would say is the, is the logical next step. No, I like it. I, it's, it's a, it's what I'm taking it on as a project and mm-hmm. looking at kind of cleaning up all of your data sources so that when the time does come for you to move more into an automation stage, it's going to be a lot easier to do so because you have that clean data source. I just thought of another fantastic, um, resource. So I'll start with a question for you. Have to what extent have you used Chat GPT? I have used it. Um, I don't want to say significantly, but I I say once a week I'm in there asking it for a question or getting podcast ideas or yep. getting blog ideas. 
Um, so yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's crazy. So yeah, that my follow-up to that is I just went to the TEDx Spokane event, which is near where we live. Cool. And one of, there were several speakers that spoke about AI. One of them asked the audience of about 700 people, how many of you have interfaced with a natural language, um, processor NLP, like that's what chat GPT is or use chat GPT specifically. And I'm like, this is again, the bubble that I live in. I was like, Oh, everybody uses this. I would say maybe 15 to 20% of the audience rose their hand. So in this microcosm, 80% of the people that were at this thing, and this is general, you know, there's not high school kids coming to these talks. So let's say they're 30 plus roughly would have probably been an accurate demographic yeah. that was in this TEDx room. 80% of the people had not ever even asked chat GPT one question. And so he was like, you guys need like go home right now, yeah. download the app. It's free. Literally yeah. start asking it questions. So what, like my recommendation, if you're like, and this is like, I now you said a couple times a week, I use chat GPT probably 10 or more times a day. It's no like way. my new Google search. I just, I have it on my phone and okay. my wife is making fun of me because I'm like, I I'm going to make dinner for everybody tonight. So I, I said like, I want to make, um, we had edamame. So yeah. I was like, and this is absurd. I'm just trying to give you an example of how you could use this. Yes. I was just like edamame recipe, simple. And then it just spit out, like, here's the steps. And it just was like cooking, like do this, do this, do this. So it's the thing about chat GPT is that especially the most recent version, it searches the internet for you. So it's going to do all the scouring of, you know, Pinterest and all the places that you're already going. Mm -hmm. And it's just going to consolidate it into a very simple way. So for those of you that haven't used chat GPT, I would say download it on your phone. Like if you're listening to this while you're working out or driving, yep. like as soon as you can just download it and then ask it, this would be the first prompt that I would tell you to put into it. I don't like technology. I've never used ChatGPT before. I own a painting business that does X amount in revenue. What should I use ChatGPT for? Like you ask it, what should I use you for? I don't know what to ask you. Give me examples of questions to ask. And then it will tell you like, here's some things you could talk to me about. And then you ask it those questions and you feed the questions that it gave you back into it. And so one of the questions that I would ask it would be, we don't use no code tools in our painting business. What are the logical steps on how to implement no code in my business? And like, if you're not already like your wheels aren't turning at this point in the conversation, yeah. when like the, this is like just getting a taste of what ChatGPT is doing. And, and this is one application of hundreds of AI enabled apps. And it's like, People think like, I looked up the, the dates on this, ChatGPT was released, and this is the chat interface of GPT, was released last year in November of 2022. It was actually, OpenAI was started in 2015 by Elon Musk. And there's been many iterations of the generative, um, generative uh, programmed uh, transformer is what GPT stands for. And so, uh, or pre-programmed, I think it is generative pre-programmed transformer, but there, there was many iterations and the chat side was what went viral because now you have everyday people that could just ask questions like they're texting a friend and it's yeah. spitting out these amazing answers. And just in the last year, now you have this massive influx of people using GPT. 
it's getting even better because it's using the information that people are putting into it on top of now being able to scour the web at faster rates and all that stuff. So the more people use it, it's just, it's just going to get better and better. Yeah. And literally, like I, like I would say, I was going to ask you for this podcast. Like if you haven't started doing this, you should just start uploading like the LinkedIn profile of the person you're having on the podcast and say, yeah. what questions should I ask Chris today on my podcast? That's talking to painting companies. So and it will spit out 10 questions. You know, it's like, those are very logical things. And, and there's a balance of like, don't just like close, like, you know, this is where the human don't copy and paste. At this point. You have to make yeah. it sound like you. Yes. Yes. Or, or at least just use it for ideation. Like I use it for yep. every single one of my podcasts. I'm just like, I just like, I don't, you know how it takes a while to get into creative mode. Yes. I can read 10 questions from chat GPT and like half of them are like, not, I wouldn't ask that, but two of them are like, Ooh, that's a great point. I'm going to ask yep. that question. And it's like you, the, the shortcuts is what you use chat GPT for. You're not trying to do the whole task. You're yeah. just trying to get wheels turning. Like you could print out, like I volunteered at a basketball like I was going to, I just said, Hey, I'll come one day to coach fifth and sixth grade basketball. And they wanted me to tie in like a cardinal virtue of like, and how we could use basketball. <laughs> so I went to chat GPT and said, I'm coaching fifth and sixth grade basketball today. The practice starts at three 30 and goes till five 30. And we want to tie in one of the cardinal virtues, like tell me which virtue I should do, why it's applicable yeah. to basketball and give me the program, like the practice schedule of my basketball camp. And it was like spit out a schedule and I like changed one thing. And then I showed up and I'm giving this fifth and sixth grade talk on how temperance is just like, you know, in life is just yeah. like in basketball. And it's like the number, like, it's so, yeah, I, I could go. It's like your own person. personal genie to ask questions to. Yeah. I will, I will say to you, um, I did not think about putting in your LinkedIn profile when asking ChatGPT, but I started working on questions to ask you. And halfway through, I then went to ChatGPT and I said, I have a podcast with this person on automation and no-code tools. What podcast What podcast question should I ask them? And yep. it spit out a ton. And I picked three or four of them that I yep. thought would make the most sense. Exactly. Um, I'll also say from a personal perspective, I like you're mentioning the edamame for dinner. I have seen you know, on Instagram people talking about how to use uh, ChatGPT to make your, your home life easier. Someone put in, um, I need a um, meal plan for this next week, two adults, two kids, one gluten-free, one vegetarian, give me a meal plan. And it gave Monday through Friday, an entire <laughs> breakfast through dinner meal plan. And, and it gave the, it gave the grocery list of all the things you'd have to buy to make all those meals. Love it, it was like mind blowing. So, so step up on that exact thing. Yeah. If any of you, because now we're not talking about painting anymore, but this is going to make everyone's lives better. There's an app called eMeals. So think okay. exactly what you just described, yeah. but then add in the one push and now it ordered it for you at Walmart and you can go pick it up at Walmart in the pickup. So it plans, you click on the meals that look interesting, click, click, yep. click. You take out the ingredients that you already have at home, press order. And then four hours later, you go to Walmart and pick it up in the pickup. It's like, uh, so it's like a, all those, it's a beautiful thing. Like, yeah. It's just the amount of time that can be saved. And again, I would say the thing that's wonderful about chat GPT is like, like I would, again, I just can't overstate enough. Like you need to be interfacing and just use it. Like it's uncomfortable yeah. for me. It was like, I used it once. And I was like, this is crazy. And then like two months later, I was like, I should do this. And now I have it on my phone. And it's like, 
anything that I'm about to go do, I just ask it first. Yeah, and you can anything. even on the latest version, I think you might have to have a paid account, which is like $20 a month, but you can just talk. So you can just be like, it's like a Siri assistant okay. and you ask it questions and it will just at, like respond. So while you're driving, you could just click a button and be like, Hey, I'm, you know, do it. And it'll just read back an answer to you in a normal, like sounding voice. But the last thing I want to say about ChatGPT, which ties into this conversation is, mm -hmm. and again, I think I'm, I don't, I have the paid version, so I don't know if this is free to try or not, but they just released a new feature in ChatGPT that's data analysis. Okay. So again, what I always like, you might look at this and be like, it's not uh, like, it's not perfect, but what is crazy, I did this yesterday, there's going to be a YouTube video coming out on my YouTube channel about this, but I just exported some sample data and I anonymized, you know, the, the information of the clients and stuff. That, so it was just like deal information and uh, like the project types and the dates, the close dates, create dates, all that stuff. So again, like I was saying earlier, a flat data set. So many columns, probably 60 columns and 20,000 deals from this random account. And we put it in and into this data analysis tool. And you can literally just like the first thing I asked it was, here's a bunch of information from our CRM system. What, what, kind, what kind of questions should I ask you about this data set? And then it looks at it and it starts to identify. It looks like this is, you know, potentially a sales data for a business. You could ask me things like, you know, what's our close rate, uh, which sales reps are doing better, which project types, you know, like it's understanding what it's looking at. And this is like, again, we're taking something from HubSpot, exporting it and dumping it into chat GPT. It's like, imagine it like not that long, there's just going to be these things just tacked on to your apps. And the more like I only have sales data, but imagine if you also had productivity in the same data set and your crew leader and the hours that you spent. And now you can say like, you know, why are we losing money? <laughs> it's just like, yeah. I'm not sure there's many variables that could affect that, but these are six potential reasons. And now you go to your management team and you say, Hey, here's six things that chat TPT says is potentially why we're struggling right now. Let's talk about it. So it's like that, that's the part where I'm like, I'm like screaming from the rooftops. You guys need to be paying attention to what's coming. And if yeah. you don't have clean data, like you are going to be in pain because other businesses are going to be leveraging this and they're going to be way more efficient. They're going to solve problems faster and they're going to be able to implement things at light speed compared to what current, like some companies that I've talked to are doing. And I just, I don't think it's something that you can wait until you're larger to do, because like we said, the longer you wait, the more difficult it's going to be. It's like yeah. that house analogy you've built, you're putting up the finishing touches on your house and you still, you know, it's, it's, it's bad news. So earlier you could implement things like this in your, in your business environment, the better it will be. Um, yeah. the larger you become, the more, way more complicated and complex it, 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 it is to, to implement these changes. Yeah. Um, Chris, thank you so much. This was such a great conversation. It was fun as always informative. Um, I always learn so much when I get a chance to connect with you. Um, and I'm sure that our listeners do as well. So uh, listeners, again, you can check out the YouTube channel on the Boolean Automation Resources. Um, I guess the Facebook group is going to be launching soon. If you can it put hasn't. that in the show notes. Uh, all these things, I'll send you links so you can include it all in the show notes down below. Fantastic. 
Um, and Chris, and then again. the last thing, the last thing I would say is that if anybody wants to chat and just like, you know, you chat with chat GPT and you're wanting something more a human, <laughs> text, <laughs> you can text me just like last time, 971-300-4677, 971-300-4677 and say, Hey, mention that you, cause I get texts from random things all the time. So give me mm -hmm. some context. Hey, I heard you on the Nolan podcast. I just want to set up a discovery call. We don't charge for it. And I'd be happy to either give you resources that might be helpful, or if you want to talk about accelerating implementation, happy to do that as well. Awesome. Chat GPT, chat Chris, either one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you'll just have to decide, is chat GPT replying to you or is it me? I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Um, who knows? Yeah, we will see. <laughs> we will see. Well, Chris, until next time, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Molly. This was fun. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.